back, and we back, and, and we, we back. back. Welcome to the Bio Preacher. Welcome to the Bio Preacher, your award-winning lectionary podcast where we talk about the Bible and make a playlist. I'm Matt Caleb, pastor at St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Los Angeles, California. Matt, they didn't even know we gone. That's how back we is. I know. I said that, and then I realized, well... Time is a construct. Time is a social construct. We all had to agree to it, and in the one in which we agree, uh, friends, we back. Uh, we said back, we never went nowhere. I'm Zach Parrish, I'm the pastor of Lutheran Campus Ministry at the University of Colorado Boulder, where uh, move-in week is happening in my timeline, uh, in your timeline, dear listener. It's first week of class, which means insanity. In sanity yeah it's crazy we haven't recorded since uh we were like recorded a whole bunch in july so mm-hmm. we have recorded in almost a month i think i think it's been almost a month we've been saving up good ones <laughs> so if you were hearing uh pop culture references that were really current <laughs> in mid-july <laughs> like references to the lion king that's that's why that's the why lion king the lion king pop culture thing didn't take off the way that i thought it might yeah. Kind of. Sorry, Alyssa. Oh, you weren't a draw. We should have spent more time in July talking about Greenland. We should. We, should have. we, we didn't should see have. that one coming. <laughs> Did not. Did not see that coming. Uh, yeah, it's moving week. It's moving week here, too. My administrator is out this whole week because she is moving both of her daughters into USC across the street. So that's how we grow our campus ministry, Zach. I just have... Uh, our staff, the children of our staff members uh, go to the university across the street and then uh, automatic campus ministry right there. You know, whatever works. Whatever works, man. I ain't got no no issues with them. Oh, oh, lots of fairs this week, man. Lots and lots of fairs. Tabling. Tabling. Yeah. What do you got, man? I, I love talking about tabling with you. Let's talk tabling. That's some people uh, get really into Luther's table talks. Uh, we're gonna we've got a new volume coming out, being published not by Sparkhouse because they're not our friends anymore. We'll use Cokesbury or somebody called Luther's uh, talks on tabling. Now I'm wondering if that idea could work. Can you just have some? You just set up a table. You're gonna have Luther style table talks. Have some mm. beer sitting on the table. Yeah, that's Maybe a good yeah. way to get kicked off. I don't know what the. I don't know what the campus <laughs> rules are on that. I I took a step forward in my tabling this year. Oh, oh! I got I got stickers. Oh, stickers. You can get stickers. After about three years of thinking about getting stickers. Uh, this year I stayed up really late last week one night and finally pulled the trigger, bought some stickers. They're Did pretty it. cool stickers. They are pretty. I, I, was, I was pretty happy with them. The internet loves them. The social media does. I told Chris. Uh, so what we did was we took a picture of the wings that are on the wall of the church that we painted a year ago. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we instant alphaed it, right? Mm-hmm. So that was just the wings. And then I cartoonized the image so that the colors would pop more. Because mm-hmm. uh, it mm-hmm. kind of looks like colored pencils, you know? So there I, I colored it so that it pop more. Chris was completely uninterested in this uh, in all of the work that I had put into making this thing look amazing. It was hours and hours of fiddling with uh, font sizes, font styles, font colors. I don't know why we spend so much time with a preaching podcast when we should have a poor man's uh, uh, Photoshop podcast. Because yeah. I love Instant Alpha and like dis- discovering great. all the things you can uh, MacGyver your way into designing and doing graphic design with just Instant Alpha. So yeah, we got stickers. Tabling. Tabling. We're, uh, I'm excited. Megan, uh, Megan has been doing some good work and has great ideas. We did succulents last year, which were a hit. People wanted the succulents. But here's what we did this year, man. We got a bunch of succulents. Uh, Megan ordered these really cute, small terracotta pots. 
Uh, also ordered some custom stamps, Matt, like ink stamps, you know? So she's stamped all of the little pots with our little naked buffalo logo and bread and belonging. And then, if you want a succulent, please come take a succulent, but we're going to help you plant it. So the, the table itself becomes interactive and people have to sit around, or not sit around, they got to stick around for a little bit to do the activity so you get a Brilliant. little more depth of engagement. So we'll see how it works. We haven't done it yet, but we've, I think we got a good plan. Brilliant. That's brilliant. And then we made a, a sandwich board sign. I don't know if you saw that on Facebook. Uh, I wanted like an A-frame sign to put out in front of uh, the church that said bread and belonging tonight. And so Megan's idea was to make it in the shape of a piece of bread. Uh, so it's like a literal sandwich board. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it turned out really nicely. Uh, though currently my wife is making fun of it. It's in my garage. Uh, and Megan has not completed it yet, but we painted it black to get contrast for the letters and stuff. Uh, and the vinyl spouse keeps asking, uh, when is the burnt toast going to be out of my garage? <laughs> That's nice. A literal sandwich board. I like it. Literal sandwich board. We got good stuff. I'm excited. I'm excited about the year to come. Uh, and nervous, Matt. I have to say I'm nervous. I'm so nervous. My anxiety has been crazy through the roof all week because I have no control over what the future will bring. Uh, I got my list. We got a list. We ended about 15 names this year, which uh, not bad, not bad. Uh, if you if you haven't, still go uh, go to elcacampusministry.org and make referrals. Uh, so we're reaching out to those folks, but I don't know who's going to walk through the door. Uh, this is a part of the roller coaster ride that is campus ministry. I'm working on a piece, Matt, and by working on a piece, primarily what I'm doing is talking about working on a piece. But I've got a great a great headline called No One Will Save the Church is the, is the idea of the article. Is the, is the headline that's going to sell it with the idea that, that what the rest of the church needs to know about campus ministry is this rush, anxiety, the pressure where zero is a possibility. Uh, we could open the doors and no one could show up. So, right, the idea is that pressure, the possibility of zero, no one. That's uh, what will save the church. So I'm living that and it makes it hard for me to get a good sleep. Uh, and there's nothing I can do about it. Maybe if I write the perfect sermon, that'll, <laughs> that's what'll do yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's, uh, that's pretty much it. You find that good news statement, uh, that'll do mm-hmm. it. Oh, but it's been a busy summer. Either that or a uh, perfect sticker design. Perfect sticker design will do it. Perfect. We're not allowed perfect. to give out stickers. Oh, no. Yeah, stickers are against the rules on campus. Maybe I'll find that out next week. Good luck. (laughs) Because they get stuck everywhere. Uh, But yours are really cool. Maybe you'll get away with it. Matt, I started a little bit of fire, though, on the internet a couple weeks ago. Because I've been doing some sabbatical coverage at a church that follows the narrative lectionary. And I have personal preferences, right? I'm... I do a weekly podcast on the, the Revised Common Lectionary. So, of course, I have, I have preferences, right? Uh, but the strangest thing to me is that, like, after a month of following along with the supposed narrative lectionary, it's we went, like, weeks without a story. There was no narrative in the narrative. I, I suppose the idea is that the, that the lectionary ties together to make a narrative over, four, like, in these four- or five-week chunks. Uh, and I looked into it, and I am... Uh, I'm coming out. I am less sold on the narrative than I was before, and I was not sold on it at all before. <laughs> because it, you could entice me. I love narrative, right? I love story. Uh, yeah. A big part of my preaching style is storytelling. Uh, and 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 for listeners, know we. It's not like we think the the RCL is perfect. No, we've got our issues, but the, there's okay. room for improvement. Clearly, 
clearly. Uh, you could seduce me into like, oh, well, this is a way of, you get to tell a story every week? That's great. Stories work for people. But if the idea is that it creates a lectionary that tells a story across four or five weeks, this is, that is the dumbest idea I've heard of uh, in the 21st century. Because uh, church attendance is not becoming, it's not a regular thing, at least out here in Boulder. It was not my experience in California. A church, and it's not like it's becoming more regular. I think there's a clear direction in which church attendance is headed, uh, and it's less regularity. So the idea that somebody's going to come to church four or five weeks in a row and catch the full story, uh, who, that, who is that working for other than the preacher? So there you go. Instead, we just got like, and there were some folks who were arguing, uh, who, who were making uh, petitions on behalf of the narrative lectionary that, that is shorter and you don't need the longer readings and stuff. We ended up reading like an entire chapter of Hebrews the other day. <laughs> it would not end. And Hebrews is not a narrative. It's just, it's just like, golly, that was awful. I was sitting in church with my wife, with the vinyl spouse, and I was like, this reading will not end and it's like one of those things that's like a Pauline letter where it's just like it's just going and going and no one's retaining any of this like I've studied it and I'm not like I could I literally cannot tell you right now all I know is it wasn't the part of Hebrews that I like that talks about how uh, we seek a better homeland and we're pilgrims and stuff see the, the preacher had to preach on that massive chunk a thousand words of, of, of Hebrews and then three verses from the Matthew wow how does that help people? It doesn't help people. I don't know. All right. So if you are a narrative lectionary defender, we challenge you to come on the podcast um, and I'll make fun of you to your face. That's what, uh, that's what we're looking for. Make mm. fun of you to your face. To your face. Do you know, there is, I mean, if you stick with the RCL, there is actually some continuity. There's a little bit yeah. week to week. Sometimes you find yourself working through a gospel. For example, Luke going week by week I went through uh, Zach and I looked at all the texts September October November I wanted to see where we were going and I found common themes it's there do you know uh, do you know where we're going we got a great image today and I think one that's going to recur again and again uh, tabling tabling oh this tabling. is the tabling episode <laughs> I wish my colleagues had to table with, like, the public. You know, like, I wish there was a student. You had to go to town hall, and that was one of their primary ways of doing outreach is you had to sit at a table with your in-house church publications and convince people that their life should be part of your community. With Living Lutheran? Yeah, 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 yeah. Which we love. It's our favorite magazine here at the podcast. Cool. So, uh, well, shall we dive into these uh, non-narrative lectionary texts? Let's dive into the, uh, what's the opposite of narrative? Pedantic? (laughs) Pedantic. <laughs> preach to the day, I think, is what where I want to come out in a positive sense. I think preach to the day, not to a narrative. Anyway, yeah, let's get into it, man. What are we talking about here? Labor Day? Your church is going to be so full. Oh, yeah, it's going to be great. We're going to kick off our fall theme uh, on a Sunday that nobody's going to be there. Sunday, September 1st, 2019. Uh, it's a good time to ship, though. Maybe it's like a soft opening to the mm. season. Like a little soft opening, yeah, yeah. and then you come in strong on on the 8th. Friends and family only. We do a lot <laughs> more soft, soft opening now okay. with students, Matt. I don't know what was, was the case mm. for you. Uh, this is move-in week in, in my timeline. Uh, and students started moving in on Monday, and classes don't start for another week. Uh, and a part of it is they don't do summer orientation anymore. So they do some of that orientation stuff this week. 
But when I was a student, maybe you moved in Thursday or Friday before classes start, uh, and the university was like, all right, you have class on Monday. Don't get arrested or kicked out between now and then. In um, uh, campus ministries, you used to take advantage of that. Like It was like money ball, like that inefficiency in the programming schedule, right? Like the university didn't, wasn't meeting those needs. And now they show up on Monday, and they are scheduled until Saturday night um, wow. with stuff. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah. That's real. That is the position we find ourselves in. What uh, What's the first reading that you're looking at this Sunday? First reading I'm looking at this Sunday is Jeremiah. I like the old Jeremiah. Here, man. What? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's Jeremiah going to say? Well, mm, mm, mm. Uh, it's got good stuff again. And it's all on the narrative. So there you go. Uh, what wrong did your ancestors find in me that they went far from me and went after worthless things? Whoa! And became worthless themselves. Uh, so this is a good welcome Welcome to our faith community Sunday. Jeremiah is setting up some exile here, so uh, things are not good. The priest did not say, where is the Lord? Uh, those who handle the law did not know me. The rulers transgressed me. Therefore, once more, I accuse you, says the Lord, and I accuse your children's children. Whew, going across time here. Be appalled, O heavens, at this. Shocked, utterly desolate, says the Lord, for my people committed two evils. They have forsaken me the fountain of living water, and dug out cisterns for themselves. Here you go, cracked cisterns that can hold no water. One of the connections that I want to build on here, I'm probably not, definitely not going to preach solely or primarily on the Jeremiah this week, because uh, Jeremiah's leaning into being a prophet of doom. But I think there is an interesting connection, one that I made actually a couple weeks ago. We're hitting some Sabbath texts. We're going to hit it in the gospel here. Uh, the narrative has also done a chunk uh, the past few four or five weeks on Sabbath. Uh, and so one of the things I want to lift up is the connection that, that the Hebrew scriptures make between the Sabbath, keeping the Sabbath, and uh, the deliverance from, from Egypt. We had the Deuteronomy text where it established it uh, a couple weeks ago with the narrative. Uh, and the reason you keep the, the Sabbath according to, to Deuteronomy is uh, because you were once a foreigner in a foreign land. Uh, and so you have to give the Sabbath to the foreigner. And it, it explicitly says, right, remember, use the Sabbath as a way of remembering coming through the sea. When, when, when the Lord, when Yahweh reached out their hand and parted the seas. Uh, and so we get that again here. Where's the Lord who brought us up from the land of Egypt, led us in the wilderness. Uh, and then they forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and dug out cisterns for themselves, cracked cisterns. That's a beautiful image. Uh, if you're looking to dig in the hole, Jeremiah is the way to go. Uh, I mean, who can't relate to, to, to stories of, of cracked cisterns of jars that, uh, that aren't just broken, right? But that slow crack, imperfect jars that, that we live with and yet we know will not hold. Yeah. That's a nice image. You could work with that. Mm-hmm. Be nice if you had a giant cracked cistern, probably in your closet somewhere. If you're a Richard Rohr fan, uh, this would be a good Richard Rohr week. Uh, Falling Upwards, I think, is the book. It's really mm-hmm. built around a pot image that, that he says the first half of life is is building your, your perfect jar or cistern here. Uh, and the reality is you, you build it on the wheel and, and it always breaks. Uh, and the transition to the second half of life is a transition from just trying to build it over and over again uh, to accepting that our cisterns, our jars are fallible and, and broken and will break. Um, but that is not the end of things. Good stuff. There you go. 
Jeremiah. Right, and so the promise here, to connect it, there's no promise here of a perfect cistern. That's not, that's not the opposite side of it. The, the issue here is not that the cistern is broken, I don't think, uh, but the issue is that they built cisterns in the first place. Uh, hmm. Instead of living and leaning into the fountain of living water, that's the promise side of, of that last verse. The promise is a fountain of living water. The issue is not just that your cisterns are, are, are cracked, but it's that you dug cisterns hmm. to hoard the water, hmm. to hold it for yourselves. Hmm. Uh, and they're cracked because your ways, our ways, will not hold. Yeah. You can't hold back the fountain hold. of living water. Yeah. We've circled back to living water a number of times on here, and it's good. It's a good, uh, it's a good image. You redeemed that text. I thought that text was going to be, nope, prophet of doom. It's got some real prophet of doom. They became worthless themselves. <laughs> Which you unpacked it a bit there. We get like three weeks of Jeremiah in a row here, I think. Get a, get a number of... Uh, I heard Jeremiah was a bullfrog, but, but it doesn't appear... Kim of the day, y'all. H-O-D, we got you. Was the band P-O-D? Or did they have a song called P-O-D? There was a band, P.O.D. We should start a band called H.O.D. I'm excited, Matt. I have a musical announcement. Have I made this on the podcast? Uh Uh-oh. No. Uh, I'm going to the Youth Summit. Uh, For some reason, the the church-wide office has decided that that I should be a part of the church uh, on some level. Uh, and so, friend of the pod, we need to get him on, John Tiro, former Nashville uh, songwriter, oh, yeah, yeah, who's yeah. campus pastor. Yeah. Uh, so, the Youth Summit is where, um, I don't know if you're going, Matt, you're sending yeah, people. We've, uh, we've sent kids before. Yeah. Uh, two people from each synod come for, for a long weekend of, of being together with youth. And, and the band for that gathering will be made up of campus ministry professionals. So, uh, it's my first paying musical gig. Uh, I am headed out uh, to Lutheran, North Carolina, to, to play in John Tiro's band, along with another friend at the pod, Yubi Rakutu Malala, uh, who does oh, campus yeah. ministry here in uh, the Metro Denver area. Fantastic. Maybe I'll suggest that our band name be HOD. <laughs> I'm going to spend Don't all of it. my time in the group. Like, like John's going to be sending out, and there'll be like real musical people. Like we're going to play this, practice this, and stuff. And I'm going to be like, guys, 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 we got to get a name for this band. <laughs> I know a sticker guy. <laughs> a sticker guy. That's why they hired you. That's why they're bringing you in. Yeah, well, that's good to know. We'll see if we can get some people to go from our synod. Have them bring me a sticker. We've, we've got, uh, let's see. What am I in the complimentary text? Proverbs. Mm. It's a doozy. No, it's not. It's just a random text chosen to complement the gospel. Uh, Proverbs 25. Do not put yourself forward in the king's presence or stand in the place of the great, for it is better to be told, come up here, than to be put lower in the presence of a noble. Mm. Word of God, word of life. That is complimentary. That's it. That's just, just there. We needed something, so we're going to go with we're going to go with that. So let's just move on uh, from Proverbs. You know, if you really want to have fun, though, there's an alternate reading here uh, from the book of Sirach. Not in my Bible, but uh, probably in the Apocrypha, maybe. You know what's nice in the evening is a nice petite Sirach. <laughs> That's why they come to this podcast. Uh, <laughs> Hebrews, your favorite epistle. Love it. Mutually, I think Got we can both the, mutually love it. Some really great stuff here about fornicators and adulterers so this will be a good children's sermon for you do not the best uh, probably the most famous line in here each of these Hebrews maybe has like one famous line and there's a bunch of stuff that you don't know what to do with but uh, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers for by doing that some have entertained angels without knowing it Hebrews is like 
it's just like an All Saints album over and over again, where you're like, why do I own the All Saints album? And you're like, oh, there's that one song. Never have, never ever. Yeah, that's that. There's one track on here. It's like my Better Than Ezra album. It's just. <laughs> oh my goodness. I mean, that good track is real good. It was good, Living With You. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. But the rest of it, I don't need. Yep. So, uh, so let's move to this gospel because I think that it can incorporate all of the stuff that we have been talking about, including tabling. Luke 14. Uh, here we go. On one occasion, when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host. And the host who invited both of you may come and say to you, give this person your place. And then in disgrace, you would start to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down at the lowest place so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then all, then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He also said to the one who had invited him, When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your rich neighbors in case they may invite you in return and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. And you will be blessed, because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Gospel of the Lord. Here it is. Did you cut the beginning? Does it not include Did the... I was, what do you have at the beginning? Mine starts include... on one occasion. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Never mind. I just wasn't paying attention. Is that an important part of yeah. being on the podcast? Well, <laughs> well yeah, the, the beginning seems important to me, too. There's a little context uh, going on there. Go to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, and they're watching it. Mm-hmm. How do we take this text at? Because it's like I can see people nodding like, oh, there's an aphorism. I mean, it sounds a lot like Proverbs, which makes us think it's going to be a, a proverb, a little aphorism. Uh, which is fine for the book of Proverbs, but not usually how we think about the gospel. So what do we do with this? Oh, well, I'm drawn to the Sabbath, Matt. Um, I've been been doing Sabbath uh, text, but also been living with Sabbath stuff. Um, so I have two Jewish colleagues on campus. Uh, mm-hmm. One more of a, a, um, a Reformed Jew, and the, and the other is an Orthodox rabbi. And the and my Orthodox rabbi colleague follows the Sabbath uh, incredibly literally, right? Um, no electronics on the Sabbath. Um, and that's what his life is like. Uh, and there's a part of me that, that finds that very attractive. Um, I wish someone would tell me that I couldn't do anything one day a week because I'm always going to be drawn into, into stuff. Um, I mean, just a break from my phone would be nice. Uh, but there's an element of that that is, is dangerous, right? Um, uh, a couple weeks ago I was backpacking with friends up in the mountains and uh, was un- unreachable uh, and while I was gone my, uh, my dog was attacked by a raccoon and there was a big bunch of craziness uh, but because I was kind of on a Sabbath I didn't know and was not a part of that right uh, God uh, God forbid right like 
that wasn't that serious, a dog and a raccoon. If something really serious could have happened and I was up in the mountains for four days, I would not have known about it and there would not have been any way short of someone figuring out where we were and hiking up to find me uh, that something terrible had happened. So there's this beauty to to rest and, and how essential it is to life. But there's also, before I romanticize it too much, there's this dangerous edge uh, along it. And Jesus is walking... I think Jesus is kind of walking down that line here, that it is the Sabbath, and so should I not use my, right, like like the question from our rabbi friend is, if, if someone's life is in danger, should I not call 911, or, or should I be more concerned about keeping the law there? So it's mur- muddy and murky, and I think this, uh, it, my, the first thing I want to say is I think that the setup of of the law, of, of the Sabbath, uh, muddies the waters more than it does anything. Yeah. That's helpful, because on the one hand, uh, we can say Sabbath and we can think simple uh, rest, but so often, yeah, there is a dangerous edge to that, right? Uh, I can look at another angle to think about this text, especially um, the the inequality of the Sabbath, right? When we don't think about, like, who is able to take Sabbath and who is not able to take Sabbath, who are social constructs allowed to take Sabbath, what our economy allows to take Sabbath, and who our economy does not allow to take Sabbath. And that's all kind of wrapped up in here, too, right? Who has the highest place? Who has the lowest place? Mm-hmm. Uh, these are actually things we have to think about on the Sabbath so that we can all uh, rest. Yeah. The, um... Yeah, uh, Robert Molina, if you want to weigh out a bit here, um, lean back to uh, a little earlier in Luke when, when Jesus says that he's come to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, that it, that it opens up, it kind of blows up some of the Sabbath concept to right, basically say this is a year of jubilee, a year of Sabbath taken. But, but I think where I would go, where I will go with this text, is to go back into that flood text uh, and the flood story and that connection between Sabbath and flood. I just, wow, I'm really struck. I continue to be really struck by the image of, of God parting the Red Seas, uh, parting the waters, delivering folks from Egypt as a symbol, as a sign of Sabbath. Because what I, I preached about this, what I, what I, what, the kinds of breaks in Sabbath that I'm comfortable taking uh, are the kinds of Sabbath that my privilege and power enable me to take. Uh, we recorded a bunch of podcasts in advance uh, so that we could hoard up stuff before we took a break and then we'd have everything taken care of. I imagine, that your life is like my life in that I can go on vacation whenever I want as long as I get all of these things done so that everything will be okay while I'm gone, uh, so that things won't fall apart. Mm-hmm. But that's not the Sabbath that the Old Testament's talking about. The Old Sabbath is talking about a testament, a, a, a break that is sheer, right? That is stark, that the waters stop. They are parted completely. And that that path is a dangerous one. The Sabbath that God is calling us to live into uh, says that some things come to an end, that the breaks we are called to are risky breaks, that, that things may or may not be. We don't get to take Sabbath because we know everything's going to be okay, because we've done everything. We take Sabbath because God is the one who holds all that water. There we go. We're finding the good news. God is the one. It's not our... We don't take Sabbath because our cisterns are good and we've got enough water saved up. We take Sabbath because we trust 
and we live and we are freed and empowered to by the fountain of living water. Yeah. So <clears throat> this is related. I'm trying to draw the connection. Uh, but one of the things that I noticed here, too, this is a little mini sermon given to people of privilege and power. Right. That's set up in that way. He goes to the house of a leader of the Pharisees. Uh, and then he notices who, how the guest chose the places of honor. Uh, that's who he's talking to in this particular text, right? And then it gets to at the end, he goes, now when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. He's not talking to the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind in this particular text, right? That's not his audience. He's at a fancy banquet at the moment, right? Um, whatever that means in that particular time, but he's at a place of privilege and power, and he's talking to people of privilege and power. Um, and I think that's actually important, right? That this is the message he gives in that context. That context is important. But then I was trying to take the next step and figure out, okay, so how would you preach this in a different context? And I think then you want to maybe unpack the power that each of us has, right? The privilege and power that each of us has been given in that living water, right? Um, the thing that each of us has to give, like we've are, we've been given grace uh, and our response then is to share it with those around us. But it's got to start there. It's got to start with where does that privilege and power come from and what kind of privilege and power are we talking about? Is this the privilege and power that comes from God? Is this the table that God has already given us to then turn and share with our neighbor? Um, there may be something there may be something to that. We too. can we can we are called to take Sabbath because our God sets that table a banquet for the yeah. poor. Yeah, that's the thing that we have, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to abstract it too much, but if you, that's a way of, of maybe one step of abstraction of saying that, that um, right, don't, we're hearing two things about kind of food and water, right? Don't store up water for yourselves because uh, this is the table, this is the banquet that God is setting. So the other thing I have running through my head, which is kind of related to what I was talking about, and I know that it shouldn't be related. But what if this happened like the Sunday that you were preaching this text? You'd have to talk about it. I've got an outcast song running through my head. Yeah. Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks. Everybody moved to the back of the bus, right? Everybody moves to the back of the bus. And I'm wondering how that relates to this text, right? It's one thing to tell the person at the front of the bus to move to the back of the bus. What, what are we telling the, uh, those in a different position? How do you realize, how would you preach this text? Uh, and I think it's just another way of asking, like, how do you preach this text to a community that doesn't immediate, that doesn't obviously have uh, worldly privilege and power? I like it. That's an obvious connection there, Matt. I like it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I have no answers for it, but I like it a lot. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, I think that... Ooh, I mean, that's kind of a deeper question, man. I know. It might take a while to resolve, but I just think it'd be interesting to put that, like, because I just have that song in my head now, to put that next to this text and to let those things, like, play off each other for a little while and wonder what what you might come up with. I don't know that I'm going to resolve it on this podcast, but I'm going to be thinking about it. I mean, Matt, I, uh, have you watched uh, Tacos, the Netflix series? Taco Chronicles? Yeah. No, we we see the trailer and then we get mad because we don't have tacos in front of us. And so know. we can't feel like we can't no, First episode is Al Pastor, <laughs> which is fantastic. And it's really good, Matt, as a as a fan of the, the Al Pastor. I'm actually headed to tacos for lunch 
uh, oh, best story. It will be. And they have a spit. I checked it out after I watched the episode. And it goes into the whole backstory of how, right, El Pastor Tacos in Mexico come from Lebanon, Lebanese immigrants uh, who brought the shawarma spit and they put pig on it and, and, and that whole story. Uh, I am the vision, the image that I have. Because uh, I don't always think linear, linearly. In response to your outcast, is the image of the of the banquet that's happening at the back of the bus, and and the food connection for me is the that mixed up history that the foods that we think of are really of really good and and luxurious these days are historically the foods of poor people, uh, because poor people always got like the worst cuts of meat, so they were the fat the fattiest uh, cuts. Uh, right, yeah. so so so, bake. We love bacon, but bacon was not. It's not a lean cut. Uh, rich people in the day didn't want bacon, uh, but so poor people t- took this this stuff that people thought was trash, uh, and that's where the real banquets are. There you go. That would be a really fun image. Or to like your, your hot chicken. Uh, I, I think it was um, the podcast for eaters, not not foodies. The sporkful. There you go. Uh, had a good episode on the, the history of Nashville hot chicken. The Nashville hot chicken developed from the chicken that was sold out the back door of one of the like white people's chicken joint, right? And now Nashville hot chicken's everything. Uh, but it was it was always the banquet that was happening in the back. And so yeah. perhaps for folks at the back of the bus, perhaps it's about preaching the good news of the ba- of the banquet at the back of the bus. But also then how how do we invite people? into that with integrity and um, so that Colonel Sanders didn't sell it. Yeah. Yeah. But recognizing the bounty that we've been given. I like it. I like it because that... Man, I need to go to Popeye's too and get that chicken sandwich. Have you had it? (laughs) It ties ties in this idea that I think he's getting at here where he's like, the thing that looks like the highest place may not be the place that you actually want to be. Um... And that's just, that's really interesting. And there is something really invitational about that, right? When you talk about integrity, I think all the inviting that's happening over and over again in this text, that invitational piece, that word invited shows up again and again and again and again all over this text. Um, And that invitational piece may also be worth exploring. And the Alpastor, right, story for me is a connection of those things, right, of of Lebanese immigrants who I can't imagine were on top of the social order in Spanish Mexico, right, Uh, together with... I assume other other people at the back of the bus getting together, getting their buses together, uh, and coming up with. I mean, it's a fusion. It's a fusion kind of concept, right? Of of, of the al pastor with the pig and the spit and the corn tortilla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt, I've been introduced to another food thing we have to talk about before we get into the playlist. Uh, a friend introduced it to me. Uh, he was he ordered a beer at a bar and I saw him do it, and it's delicious and I love it. Uh, so I've been drinking my, my like Mexican lagers with a salted rim and lime. <laughs> nice. Delicious. Because I love a good nice. salted marg, but I can't drink like straight sugar all the time. So, yeah, that's uh, I had those in Mexico a few times. And the first like I, I want to say like the first two or three times I had it, they called it a michelada. Mm. So then I thought that's what I liked. And yeah. so I, then I kept ordering a michelada, and then they started serving me these things with the actual michelada, all kinds of stuff in it, and I was like, I can't do, I can't do this. No. Uh, yeah. Um, it goes back to Matt. There's one connection I'll make, and then I'm done. Uh, the cistern question, 
right? The thing, like you said, that, that we think this is the head of the table, but it's not the head of the table. The foot of the table is the head of the table. Uh, we think that the issue with the cisterns is they're broken, they're cracked, uh, but that's not the issue here. The issue is we have cisterns. So I want to add one, one little spice to this dish that we've been cooking up. <laughs> um, so I've been uh, reading all kinds of stuff about race lately, and my uh, current my current book is The History of White People, which is pretty awesome. Uh, and I also live with a historian. So, like, I think all the stuff that we're saying is true, and as people that have lived in different contexts in our lives uh, can speak about a little bit, but... I think there's also a place to go if you don't want to talk about um, just non-white cultures. You can also explore European culture a bit. Uh, fun fact, Europe was a backwater for most of, of, of world history. And we've like re... Uh, what's, the, what's the word when you like... Um, we've rewritten that history to make it seem like it's this like marble mm-hmm. history. But in fact, uh, it also uh, was the back of the bus for a very long time and has a really... Uh, weird history to unpack and so uh, go there and unpack a little bit of, if you're a priest in a European context, why don't you unpack a little bit of the messiness of a European history as well and explore the messiness of it it might be worth uh, might be worth doing rethinking uh, our own history as two white guys talking on a podcast If Paul were here, maybe maybe you know, uh, Paul uh, Paul's last name uh, now in Cleveland uh, who is, uh, this is what Lutheran food looks like a guy, uh, our classmate. Um, perhaps you could do some reframing of, of, if you're in that kind of a context, of traditional Lutheran food. Uh, because I can't imagine that your like, upper Midwestern Lutheran food is food that people ate because it was good. <laughs> right? But because that's what we... Because rem- it's Sabbath stuff, right? Remember, you were a foreigner in a foreign land, um, and you ate fermented fish because you didn't have nothing else to eat. Yeah. Yeah. And now we have a banquet. I didn't know we were going to have this much to say about these texts, but well, it happens. Just, when we know? do the level of preparation that we do for this podcast, Matt, <laughs> it just happens. It's natural. Let's, also, uh, uh, I got one more uh, uh, yeah, tip. Okay. Unrelated tip, Matt. Uh, you got to check it out. The Gemstones on uh, on HBO. The new... Uh, Mega church. I see the, the trailers. It's worth watching. I watched the first episode. It was fantastic. Okay. I mean, okay, it's I'll awful. It it's awful, but incredible. Yeah. I'll check it out. <laughs> they're doing a. <laughs> they're doing a mass baptism in China, and uh, somebody accidentally turns like the wave machine on in this giant wave pool. <laughs> It's incredible. All right. I'll mm-hmm. check it out. They have three private finish, jets. Uh, One's named the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right, man. I'm going to check it out. They were not efficacious should... baptisms because they did not do it in the name of the Triune God. They just baptized <laughs> in the name of Jesus, so I didn't think they counted. Gotcha. Gotcha. We did uh, We did finally finish Good Omens. It was good. It was good. It was good. It was not a perfect series, but uh, mm-hmm. but the theological satire I thought was pretty phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that. What do you listen to? Oh, Matt, why are you going to ask me first? I'm going to go night swimming. I like the images of water here. Uh, night swimming is kind of a, a banquet at the end of the bus. I wish I had done more food prep so we could have some food ones. Uh, and then I'm going off of Chance the Rapper's debut album, because he's clearly not had an album up to this point, uh, called uh, Big Fish with Gucci Mane. 
because uh, it kind of gets to, to all of this, right? We got water, food, uh, but then we also got like, what's the head of the table? What's the the end of the table? I'm a big fish. Uh, Here you go. Boom. What do you got, man? Other than outcast. Well, I'm uh, I'm reading this this opening line that the Pharisees were watching him closely, and he also noticed what they were doing. There's some watching going back. Uh, it's almost like the song that's playing is the police is I'll be watching you. This is like the opening song for this. I just saw a a picture of Shirtless staying at a concert and it was uh, (laughs) something. I love Sting. Uh, You got to do Kendrick Lamar's Humble, right? Like it is the song for all these Mm -hmm. texts. You got to do it. You got to do it. But then uh, there's this invitation to come up, come up closer, almost like Jay the Americans are saying, come a little bit closer. (laughs) <laughs> that kind of man, which is a song that I remember hearing as a kid, and then, and then uh, rediscovered it with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Mm. There's an incredible scene, incredible scene, uh, where that song is not the first song I would have thought of for that scene, but it, it uh, it's fantastic. Jim, Jim, the Americans come a little bit closer, uh, and then yeah, you gotta throw. Uh, we've been talking about tabling, so let's do Adele's turning tables, and yeah, Rosa Parks podcast. Got it. Got it. Matt, I just watched Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm ready to talk about it. <laughs> the first one or the second one? The second one. Now I'm ready. Okay. Is that culturally okay. like a thing going on? People are so really... We'll talk about it next episode. We're going to do it. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, i got to go eat some tacos. Okay. Go eat some tacos. It's been real. It's been uh, real... Hey, Matt. Uh, my daughter starts bilingual school next week, so you know maybe I'll start to work it in. I'm so jealous. Is it uh, English, German, English, French, English, Portuguese? I'm guessing Portuguese. That's what I'm going. That's uh, we were watching. Uh, you don't have to listen anymore, dear listeners. Uh, but I've been watching Deadwood, and um, <laughs> we watch TV with subtitles on because we're old people, uh, right? And there was an American Indian who started talking, and the subtitle just said, speaking foreign language. (laughs) And I was like, I'm pretty sure it's it's literally not a foreign language, unless unless this American Indian is speaking Portuguese right now. (laughs) It's literally the opposite of that. So, there you go. All right, Matt, it's been real vinyl.